0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Morning, Springs Church. We want to welcome you here. Uh, in, those of you who are here in person, if you're uh, visiting us for the first time, you are a welcome guest. We are so grateful that you are here Uh, with us. You've joined with us in worshiping and, and declaring that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Amen. If you're online, if you're joining us online, we welcome you as well. You know, we have some regular attenders who join us online. Uh, We have the Soloways, but they're here this morning. We're glad y'all are are with us. The Pritchards join us online regularly. And I want to say, in particular, Rose Wolf joins us online regularly. And Rose, if you're watching this morning, we miss you. We're so thankful for you. Did you all know Rose uh, turned 90 recently. <clears throat> Kelly and I are thankful for uh, Bill and Rose. They uh, welcomed us even before uh, we were members here. Their son, Craig, was a missionary in Toulouse, France, who was supported by this church for several years. And, and so we're thankful uh, for all of you who are joining Sunline. You are, you are welcome. We're, we're pleased you're here. Well, this morning... Ben Langford was supposed to be continuing the sermon series uh, that we're currently in, but the airlines didn't cooperate. His uh, flight in St. Louis kept getting delayed and canceled, so uh, Ben is actually somewhere 30,000 feet above the U.S. right now. Um, he said he had to fly to Washington, D.C. to get back to Oklahoma City. Um, so just know that next week we'll continue uh, our, our series with Ben. So uh, at 7 a.m. this morning, I was uh, informed by Pastor Kelly <laughs> that I would have the blessing of sharing with you this morning. Now, I want to tell you, uh, that's not the latest I've been informed that I was preaching. You know, if you uh, travel around to mission churches, a lot of times when you walk in the door, uh, they give you the blessing of preaching when you're a visitor. um, Without any notice, we want to hear a word from you, and so I've done that a little bit, but, but the latest that I was informed that I was preaching was actually in December of this year, um, we attended Christ Love Persian Church in, in Athens, Greece. It's a church that, that our church family has connection to. Larry and Kathy Bowles, Lara's parents uh, work and serve there. In fact, I think they're there uh, right now. And um, so I'd kind of been coordinating with Larry about, about attending there, taking a group of students there. And kind of his parting shot to me the night before was, oh, yeah, don't be surprised if they ask you to preach. And so, okay, I knew that's kind of part of the deal, and and, um, so I thought to myself, how can I best serve this church? Well, I have two other professors going with me, so I'm going to give them the blessing. I don't want to hoard the blessing to myself. So uh, as we were walking in the door, I said, oh, by the way, uh, you guys need to be prepared to preach this morning. Preach, preach what? I don't know. Just be prepared to preach. You each have about 10 or 15 minutes. And uh, so they said, well, what's the, what's the uh, you know, topic? What's the, it, be prepared to preach 10 or 15 minutes, whatever God puts on your heart. You guys get, These are talented guys, Charles Ricks, Jeff McMillan. They, they uh, preach for a living. They, they get it. They said, no problem. We got it. Well, halfway through the service, we're worshiping, in the, and uh, the Greek preacher, I'm in the middle, right kind of in the middle uh, section, and he comes. He crawls over about four people, and he says, hey, what are you preaching on this morning? And I said, oh, it's not me. It's those two guys over there. So, uh, so uh, at least I had two or three hours, right? But, but actually, l- let me tell you, um, this is... This is a sermon that I have shared uh, recently with a church in Japan, a church that our church is, is connected to, and I'll, I'll talk to you about that in just a minute. But I do want to say right at the, at the beginning here um, just how thankful that I am for Ben and Brett and their ministry of preaching uh, among us. I mean, these are terrific men who love their families they love this church family, they love the Word of God, and their preaching is helping shape us into the image of Jesus so we all can find our way to God. And we'll look forward to continuing our series with them next week. I also want to say as we begin this morning, I want to thank uh, Dr. David Lowry for being with us for the month of April. Uh, David and and Carrie, his wife are, are joining us in worship. They're they're back here this morning. Um, David is is going to be teaching for the month of April. You know, one of the values of this church is a delight is a desire to live in peace, reflecting the Prince of Peace. So each year in April we have a special adult class series that focuses on peacemaking, and, you know, what kind of led us, we do this every April, and what led us to this as a church family, quite frankly, uh, to being committed to peace with each other is just those times in our own church family history that, that weren't peaceful, and so uh, our shepherds and church leaders at that time said, we want to be a place where the culture of peace thrives. And, uh, and so we want to have regular thinking and teaching about it. So let me put a plug in for David's class here in the auditorium um, on Sunday mornings at 9.30 on, on peacemaking. You know, David's done lots of training in this. Uh, he's written a book about it I mean he teaches undergraduate and graduate classes on it but but perhaps most importantly he lives it. David's a, a colleague that I esteem highly and, and love him uh, and so we're thankful that, that they'll be with us for the month, month, month of April so please join us for that. If, if you and I are connected on social media uh, some of some of you may have seen uh, a picture that I posted this week of Akira and Chizuko Hirose. Kelly and I got to know them uh, when we were newly minted university graduates. Our first jobs out of university were working in Japan, and we got to know this incredible couple um, from the Mito Church of Christ, or through the Mito Church. Church of Christ. He was one of the shepherds of the church there. This was the very last time that we were uh, actually with them a a few years ago. Um, She passed a couple of years ago. He passed just last week. Uh, They were an incredible couple. He's a former bank president. Uh, They lived in London, Tokyo, uh, in charge of the bank operations. but they shepherded and mentored us, Kelly and I, early in our married life and in our professional careers. Um, They helped lead the Mito Church of Christ, and we learned many important lessons from them and from from that church. And the reason I want to share with you about them in that church is because earlier this year, I want to put you at ease, even though I was only asked Uh, to preach a couple of hours ago. Earlier this year, I was asked to preach to the Mito Church of Christ on the Spirit-Empowered Church. And it's somewhat ironic for me to uh, be asked to preach about the Spirit-Empowered Church to that church because that was a place that has helped me grow in my understanding and learning about what it means to be a spirit-empowered church. Let me just give you one example. When Kelly and I were living in Japan, uh, my parents and my aunt and my younger brother came and visited us, stayed with us in this very small apartment to visit us. And the last Sunday that we were there, that we were at the church. Uh, We were visiting with people after church and we were looking around to see where my brother was, who was 14 years old at the time. And we kinda looked around and we saw him over to the side and, and Hirose, Brother Hirose and the preacher at the time, Brother Suzuki, were standing beside Joel. They had their hands on him and they were praying for him. So we saw that, and um, Joel came afterwards, and we said, well, what, what was that all about? And he, in a typical 14-year-old, oh, nothing. They were, they were just praying for me to come back to Japan as a missionary. Well, this past year, my brother's been a missionary in Japan for 20 years. I've learned a lot from this church and these people about being a spirit-empowered church. I also want to share with you that later this week, the elders of the church here and our spouses will be joining together for a couple of days of fellowship and retreat. And our primary focus of being together will be praying for you, will be praying for each other, and that God will continue to guide us to be the church that he wants us to be. So, please be praying with us. And please be praying for us because we we love our church family. We love we love you and we're thankful for you. And we want God's spirit to move in us and amongst us so that we are transformed into the image of Christ, so that anyone can find their way to God. This morning, we're going to spend some time in Ephesians 4 and Acts 2. And you already heard this morning, we read Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. We don't have time to read through Acts 2, so maybe at some point this week you might uh, read through that. But just quickly here, I want to point out three important ideas that Ephesians 4 says about a spirit-empowered church. And first, it is marked by unity. You can see in verses 1 through 6 that were read this morning that the church is a place where we practice humility, and gentleness and patience, bearing with each other in love. And why? Well, just think about our daily lives. We can be selfish and self-centered. We can be insensitive to each other. We can be worried about our own positions and our own egos. And that creates disunity and disharmony. But when we live by God's spirit, we manifest the fruits of the spirit. Love, you can say them with me probably because you love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self control. Yeah. Living by the fruits of the Spirit creates the space for unity to thrive. We want that for our church family, don't we? You know, we could spend our entire time this morning talking about unity because there's so much to say there, but that's another series, sermon series or class series uh, for another time, but we can see in Ephesians 6 that a spirit-empowered church is marked by unity. Second, a spirit-empowered church is a place where the grace you have been given according to to Jesus' gift allows each other's gifting to be welcomed and shared to build up the body of Christ. Now that's a mouthful right there, right? But essentially what we're saying is God has uniquely gifted each of us because of his lavish love and grace for us. But see, God has blessed us so that we can bless others. See, the gift that you have received, that you have, that God has richly lavished on you is not for your benefit. It's for others. And a spirit-empowered church receives, welcomes, and appreciates the gifts that are in the body of Christ. Now, we have some words that are printed on a wall back here. It says, where everyone has a seat at the table. Do we want to live that and believe that, church? Yeah, because that's a church where the gifts that you have been given according to the grace of God are received and welcomed and shared for the body of Christ. Why? We're gonna talk about that in a second. Because third, a spirit-empowered church is a place where God's people mature. Ephesians 4 says that we've been given the gifts so that we may mature to the full, uh, we may mature to the measure of full stature in Christ. See, we're no longer children, but it says we grow up in every way. And for what purpose? To build and grow in love. So before we leave Ephesians 4 this morning, let's just make sure that we understand and capture the ideas that a spirit Empower Church is noted in Ephesians 4 is a place where we grow in unity, a place where gifts that you have been given are shared and welcomed so that the body of Christ grows, matures, and develops in love. See, that's the vision of where we're going. Springs Church, this is the church that we want to be. A church where God's spirit is present, right? That's the church that we want to be, where God's spirit is present. And one of the visions that we have for a spirit and power church is found in Acts 2, which is known as the day of Pentecost, You see, on Pentecost, God's spirit came to his people in power, and it's a power that is even hard for us to imagine. Now, let's just say that we know the last two years have been incredibly difficult and challenging for people all over the world, and you felt that in your lives, haven't you, church? Well, perhaps it's during those times of challenge that we can become burdened and discouraged, and it's possible, very possible, that even people sitting in this room feel separated from God. We all know people who feel that in this past couple of years. So I want to acknowledge this morning that for many people, the idea of feeling empowered by God's Spirit is this distant, faraway thing or feeling. But it's precisely during these seasons in life that it's helpful for us to be reminded that we serve a powerful God that wants to bless us and many others. God wants us, his people, a spirit-empowered people to share his love and goodness with others. So what happens in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 12? Well, after Jesus' death, anybody feeling discouraged then? His followers? After Jesus' death, his disciples come together in a house in Jerusalem and this blowing, violent wind fills the house, and tongues of fire rest on each apostle, so that they begin to speak in tongues and other languages. And when this happens, a crowd begins to gather and hear the message of God's wonders in their own language, and people are amazed, and they're confused, right? People didn't understand what was happening. In fact, in verse 13, it says that people started to mock them because they thought they were maybe drunk. But Peter explains what is happening, and he says, This was prophesied by the prophet Joel, and he shares the gospel message of Jesus in verses 14 through 36. And in verse 36, Peter says, This Jesus, who you crucified, God made him both Lord, both Savior and Lord. And if we're to be a spirit-empowered church where unity, gifts, and, and maturity happens, we must be a community that declares Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, I've probably been guilty of this in my life. Sometimes we celebrate Jesus as Savior, but we forget that he's our Lord. We want Jesus to save us from our sins and the cares and worries of this world, but verse 36 tells us God made Jesus Savior and Lord and when Peter shares the gospel message what happens verse 37 people are convicted and ask what shall we do verse 38 repent and be baptized in Jesus Christ receive forgiveness and receive the Holy Spirit hey friends this is for all of us sitting in this room And so this morning I want to say to all of you this morning as you are listening to the word of God and, and you feel convinced that you want Jesus to be your savior and Lord, this is a church family that wants to walk that journey with you. So we invite you after the sermon, we invite you to come talk to us so that we can live Acts 2.38 in your life. Repentance, baptism, forgiveness and God's spirit living in you. And listen to the promise in verse 39. This is for you, your children, and those who are far off, future generations. Now as I age, I'm mindful of those future generations. My kids, I'm not a grandparent yet, but folks who have grandkids and great-grandkids, isn't that a promise you hold on to for them? Isn't that a promise you hold on to for them? Yes. And on that day, 3,000 declared that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Can you even imagine that? Like, I'm trying to, it, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. 3,000 people coming. I haven't seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen it in my lifetime yet. I haven't, I haven't been there to witness that type of response. I'm praying for it. I want it. Right? I'd love to see it happen right here. Man, we'd love to experience Pentecost today. I mean, we want to see God's power made evident amongst us here. God's Spirit empowering us. Crowds gathering to hear the gospel message. People convicted of their sin, repenting, being baptized, receiving forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit, and people being added to the body of Christ. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes, we pray for that. I mean, we want Acts 2. I mean, we want Pentecost. We want God's power in our relationships. We want it in our marriages. We want it for our children. We want it in our church. We want it in the cities. We want it in our nation. I mean, we want Acts chapter two. But let's remember, before there was Acts chapter two, there was Acts chapter one. And I think Acts 1 has some important guidance for us for those who want to be a spirit-empowered church. And let me share that with you quickly. So at the beginning of Acts chapter 1, the author Luke shares that Jesus, after Jesus dies and is risen, he appears to his closest friends over a period of 40 days before he's raised into heaven. And there are two things that I want us to notice from Acts 1 that I think can be helpful in our desire to be a spirit-empowered church. Okay, first, if we want Pentecost, if we want Acts 2, we must be obedient. Now, obedience is not a popular word these days, is it? But let's remember what happens here. So to help his people prepare for Pentecost, Jesus instructs them to not leave Jerusalem and wait there for the promise of the Father. Well, where did Pentecost happen? In Jerusalem. So even though the disciples may have wanted to move out from Jerusalem with all that was happening, Jesus tells them to stay in Jerusalem. I think that's instructive for us. Obedience is important for God's power and blessings in our lives and in our churches. Second, we can see that Pentecost happens in community. Read Acts 2, 17 and 18, which is a prophecy of the prophet Joel. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young will see visions. Old will dream dreams. And he will pour out his spirit on both men and women. You see, the vision of a spirit-empowered church that we have in this passage is community is gathered. God's spirit empowers his people to bless others and more people are drawn to God. Springs Church, let's seek to be a spirit-empowered church where we gather, God's spirit moves in us, we bless other people and people find their way to God. I want to close this morning reading Acts 2, 43 and 47. If you'd stand while I read it, let me read this as a blessing over you. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common.